I'm Stephanie Lugo, and welcome to the Market Authority Show. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate nine-to-fiver turned top producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our nine-to-fives to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way but it wasn't always easy. And I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts, and lessons learned, and you'll see what we've built today, a business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from Timeless Principles and today's cutting-edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by the Market Authority Academy. Big welcome to this week's newest members. We have Wendy Crump, Christopher Stelly, and Crystal DeBacker. Super excited to welcome you all into the program and pumped to celebrate all the successes that are sure to follow. The Market Authority Academy is a mentorship program available to real estate professionals who desire to grow their brand and business using the modern social media strategies and proven systems designed for maximum scalability. If that sounds like something you're into, head on over to the show notes to schedule a call with me to discover how the Market Authority Academy can help you triple your real estate business this year. All right, guys, I have a special episode for you today. We are welcoming to the Market Authority Show, Skylar Irvine. Aside from being an old friend of mine, Skylar Irvine is the founder and CEO of Rensler Media, a digital production company that helps entrepreneurs and small businesses tell their unique stories and support their brand with technology and social media. He believes everyone has their own path to success, one based on distinctive ideas and interests that separate every good entrepreneur entrepreneur from their competition. And according to Skylar, pursuing our interests allows us to turn our ideas into money and erase the line between work and play. I don't know about you, but that is something that I can definitely get behind. Skylar is also the author of his new book, Niche Please. You can find it on Amazon. And it's really a concept of becoming more efficient in business so that you can work less instead of just make more money. He's really interested in actual life balance instead of actual quote-unquote work-life balance, and he has so many really great ideas on how we can apply that to the real estate industry and marry those timeless strategies that have always worked with today's modern advances to technology and social media. And so we cover quite a lot in this conversation, as you can imagine, but really what you're going to look out for in this episode is what niching looks like in 2021. This is something that is like rocket fuel for your real estate business. So it's so important to really get a grasp on. Skylar also shares ways that we can leverage our niche to create more options and growth for our business and how this allows us to experience that exponential growth throughout the years, whether we want to stay in real estate or explore other interests along the way. Big thank you to Skylar for being so generous with his time and his knowledge and expertise. So without further ado, here's Skylar. 
Skylar, thank you so much for joining me today. How's it going? It's going really well, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. I'm super excited to chat. We were just, so we were just talking off air a moment ago. Um, The idea of niching down in that aspect of your brand is so important to the effectiveness. So somebody who um, knows so much about the topic and and the value that you can bring to this conversation is something that I'm really excited about. So for those who have not yet gotten acquainted with you, don't know who you are, can give us just a really quick snap on um, who you are and, and tell us a little bit about what you have to share with us today. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I used to be in real estate. Um, I I started flipping properties and buying rentals in in 2008 recession, Um, cut my teeth doing that when Blackstone came in with a couple billion in cash and properties at auction just doubled overnight. So I used to be able to get something for 60,000, literally over like over a weekend, it was 120,000. And for Blackstone at the time, it made more sense for them where they wouldn't buy a property on the open market for 60,000. They would let it go to auction and then buy it for a hundred because then they would own it that afternoon. They didn't have to wait 30 days, 20 days, deal with banks. They wanted properties fast. So what they were doing kind of priced out people like me who had an opportunity for about 18 months that got um, kind of su- like sucked up by the, the big money. Um, and when that happened, I looked at it and said, okay, the market's back. All these properties are going to get bought up. It was going to be a long time before these properties were going to come back. Now that they're back, people are going to start buying again. There are people that have been sitting on the sidelines for three, four, five years. They're still getting married. They're still having babies. They're still getting jobs and promotions. So that three to five years of pent up not buying is now going to hit the market at the same time when the normal buyers are going to come in. So I pivoted kind of my investment business and partnered with a realtor and said, okay, let's let's get into this space because the market's coming back. And I loved real estate and I was 20 something years old and had um, five years of, of buying and selling houses and got into this space more from a marketing aspect of if I can fill all of these positions in the real estate business, I'll have the time to really kind of grow this because um, I was a child at the time. I wasn't as as easily had the time to invest in a lot of these things. And um, I'm kind of focusing just on the real estate aspect. So that way we're kind of touching on the audience specifically and things we can add value to. But um, just in general, I have experience in this real estate business. I have always been in marketing. I've always loved marketing. I've always loved kind of finding a way to compete with the bigger companies and the larger companies. Um, When I got into real estate as a service to help people buy and sell houses, I got into it at a time where you didn't really have a lot of teams. There were a couple of big brokerages and you had to have kind of a really big expensive office or a really big expensive website that made you look like you were worth working with. Um, I didn't want to do those things. I also didn't have the time to go door knocking. I didn't have the time to kind of hold open houses. Um, and I was looked at as being lazy for not wanting to do those things. But to me, it looked like I had a really low ROI. Um, if I can knock on doors all weekend, I might talk to 10 people. That's not that efficient. If I make a video and post it on Facebook, I could reach 100 people in a weekend, 1,000 people in a week. That's pretty efficient, especially if I do that every week for a year. That's a lot more people. Um, it worked with real estate. I went all in on Facebook at a time when Facebook was for soccer moms and, and teenage girls. And it was it was really looked down upon in a way that right now, social media is so much more accepted uh, to build a business entirely on. But at the time, it was really viewed as, um, as kind of like lower level or second class. And 
And when Facebook took off the way it did, it, it made a lot of sense because that's where the people that were my age were spending their time. And I realized or discovered that my business niche, uh, for lack of better terms, was people that were my age that wanted to buy their first property. My advantage as an individual was I'm also their age. I speak their language. I actually have experience buying and selling 60 plus houses myself. Not a lot of people had that type of niche experience. Um, and, and that's what I leaned into. That's what I played into of here's what I look for when I buy a house. Here's what works. Here's what doesn't work. So I was able to provide value at an equal level that uh, my competition, really experienced realtors that had the big fancy office, but that had no Facebook profile. Um, that was the leverage. That was I turned my weakness into a strength, so to speak. So when I left real estate and started Renzer Media, the sole purpose was to take my marketing division and do what I did for my real estate business for other businesses, help small businesses find their niche, grow that, lean into that and compete with a lot of these bigger companies. Um, and, and that's what Rensler Media is. And that's what I'm doing now. And um, in the last year, I wrote Niche Please, which took um, about 18 months of pandemic times. And a lot of it was wanting to write a book about social media that didn't become obsolete in five minutes and mm -hmm. taking that challenge on because that's really difficult to do. And then the other thing is I've always really learned my best and really understood things by trying to teach them. So by really going deep into finding out what works, why do businesses succeed? Why do small businesses become big or why, how can people continue to compete with new technology and not be overwhelmed with those things? I wanted to just dive all into that and explain it as simply as I could, because that was going to help me understand it as, as best as I possibly could. And that kind of brings me to, to where we are now sitting across each other on this video chat. I love it. And so what is so cool to me about this um, conversation is the niche is something that so many real estate agents want to shy away from. And it feels to me like every other industry, like that's where the business begins. You begin with the niche, you begin with that focus on like the ideal client or the audience or the target market, whatever that needs to look like. And then you reverse engineer that niche and that brand story from there. But this is something that is completely left out of the equation in 99% of real estate businesses. So um, from, from that context, where do you see the most leverage for real estate agents who kind of tap into this? This is such a great question. There's so much we could dive into here. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of it is the fear of, if this is my niche, then I'll lose out on all this other business. And for, for a new agent specifically, understanding that you are entering a very competitive space, not standing out as the worst possible thing. It's almost better to be hated than, than confused with everyone else. If you're one of the realtors and everyone knows like five or six realtors in their, in their normal day-to-day -day network, it's really hard to not be remembered. You want to make it as easy as possible for people to remember you, as easy as possible for people to refer you, and as easy as possible for people to find you when they need you. And the, the best way to do that in a crowded space is to own a piece in someone's mind. And what you will realize is that by owning that niche, you don't lose out on the other business. It just gives you that, that level up. If you're, uh, if, you're, if you're a single mom who helps single moms and that's your specialty and you're running a podcast on how single moms can still run a business and take care of their children. And you're meeting with all of the single moms in, in the, in the uh, neighborhood and you've, you've built your business on that. 
those single moms are going to refer you not single mom clients. You know, it's not like going to, going to just make your business only one thing. It's just, that's something that you could lean into because it's something that is natural for you. And you can enhance that and use that, um, superpower essentially, and say, this is, this is what I'm working with. I can connect with others in a way that no one else can. If I lean into this space, it's going to help me grow my business. And because real estate is such a, such a crowded space, there are so many different ways that you can niche and find advantages and not just in your business, but in your marketing and your branding and, and your strategies and the, the confidence that you get from knowing that your niche is the right one for you is a big theme of this book where there's always new social media popping up. There's always new things popping up. And real estate realtors love to spend money on everything. It's really hard not to know what your competition is doing all the time. They might have a video that gets 50,000 views on Facebook, but doesn't sell a property. And you're looking at that saying, why aren't my videos getting 50,000 views? I need to change my entire strategy from the ground up, even though the videos you're doing are generating business for you. The shiny object syndrome of seeing what else is out there is really really powerful in the real estate market. And the best thing that you can really do for yourself is be memorable in a way that when someone is sitting around uh, a coffee shop and they hear, man, I really need someone to help me sell my house because of X, Y, Z, how easy is it for that person to just pop up on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, whatever it is, say, hey, go follow this person. This is the person. I know they do that. I know that they help those people. That's the new business card. Um, So kind of really embracing the technology and not being afraid of it and, and owning a category in people's mind is is the best way to, to kind of improve your chances for success. And in the book, we kind of outline different um, examples, but like the best, clearest one is Amazon today literally sells everything to everyone. And it started out by just selling physical copies of books online. If it tried to start out from day one, selling everything to everyone, it would not have succeeded. It started out by owning and dominating a category and then expanding and expanding. And that's how you can do it as a business as well. If you're a realtor that just wants to start a podcast, just focus on the podcast. Focus on building the best podcast ever in a year. And then when you have that system built out and you figured out what works and what doesn't work, the ebbs and flows, how to be a better interviewer, how to do all the things that the learning curve involved with learning a new skill, then you can look about pivoting into, okay, maybe I should launch a, an Instagram page that also features the podcast. And when you do that, that Instagram page will be even easier because you can take the best of content out of the podcast that you've already done. So if you can focus on that one thing at a time, when it comes time to pivot, you don't lose everything you've built. You can test, but you test at a much higher level than when you started. And you're not just starting from scratch. If you take the the, the strategy that too many people take of, I'm going to start a podcast. So that means I need a new Facebook page, a new Instagram, a Twitter, and a YouTube channel. You're going to, you've added more obstacles than you need to. And when you do that, it's already hard enough to do a podcast. If you're trying to do a podcast plus those other things all at once, you're going to get burnout a lot faster. You're not going to see success as soon as you'd like. And inevitably, you're going to end up at a position to where it's not working fast enough for you. So you you stop doing it all together. And now you're on TikTok or now you're on Clubhouse and I in this. And you find yourself kind of jumping from thing to thing. Whereas if you would just focus on the one thing long enough to see that success, you're not going to miss out on the TikTok wave. It'll be easier to join TikTok if you've already proven a good content model for yourself. So 
you mentioned pivoting and I do, I think that's the function here that this allows you to do because like you, I know for me personally speaking, my business has gone through many iterations and evolutions and being able to have a solid brand and niche from which to pit, pivot from is what makes all the difference. And that kind of comes down to, in my mind, it's like the values, it's the messaging, that core part of what that is, is what helps you stay relevant, regardless of what social media trends come come and go. So a lot of agents get really focused on like the actual tool, when really it's these other like core identity pieces that we need to be spending time on that allow us to do that. And is that right? Yeah, I, I use the word pivot specifically. And I think about like in basketball, when you're, when you're dribbling the ball and you have a pivot foot that allows you to maintain one foot on the ground where you are and then try new things with your other foot. You can move around and try new things. And I use that imagery specifically because when you pivot, it doesn't mean you're, you're quitting and starting all over. You're just pivoting to a new thing and testing something out to see if it can add on to what you've already mm-hmm. built. And a good example of this is, is like, I know an attorney who was really struggling being in the courtroom and seeing mothers have to defend themselves because they couldn't afford their own attorneys. The husbands were the breadwinners. They would have attorneys and children would lose their children or our mothers would lose the rights to their children over silly little technicalities because they just didn't know what to do. So she would leave the courtroom and she just started making a face or a, a, a video on her phone saying, if you're ever in this situation, here's what to do and post it on, on YouTube. She did that for a year. The channel blew up. It led to more business for her for her career. She got more clients that way by simply just making iPhone photo, iPhone videos on YouTube. Her YouTube channel blew up to where all of a sudden she could monetize this YouTube channel. Now she's at this crossroads where she could keep doing law and grow her channel. She could quit law altogether, go all in on YouTube. She could start a new business going around the country, teaching other lawyers how to build their own YouTube channels because she has a proof of concept. And she created this pivot point for her where she could do all of these things. She could do none of those things, but she created more opportunities for herself. And I love that example specifically because I know a lot of realtors who get burnt out after mm-hmm. three, five, 10 years of success and then want to quickly pivot to teaching or coaching or do something else. A lot of these platforms that you could spend a lot of time on building will create opportunities that you've never even considered being a way to make more money. And when you have those more options, it gives you a lot more uh, confidence to kind of make certain decisions around your own business. And um, a lot of that comes from pivoting without kind of quitting what you've done and everything you've learned. Um, And I, I think a good way of understanding this is like when I played Mario Brothers as a kid, you couldn't really save your games. So if you died and you were out of lives, you had to go all the way back to the beginning. And a lot of times that felt like, man, I got to start all the way over. But when you died, I had to go all the way back to the beginning and start over. You weren't totally starting completely over because you knew what to do. You knew how the levels worked. You knew how to get back to where you were. So you end up getting to where you were a lot faster than you did before. And that's what happens now today. If, if you're pivoting into something new, you're not starting over. If, you're, if you create an awesome YouTube channel because your content is great and engaging and then YouTube gets shut down and now you have to start all over on TikTok, you're not starting over at the beginning. You know how to make videos. You know how to be engaged. You have a community. You've built those things. So even though it feels like starting over, you're still starting at much a higher spot than someone else who's never done those things that you've done. And, and I, I, I love that kind of allegory because a lot of people are... are 
are experiencing COVID pivots or COVID changes where they're afraid to kind of go into this new thing, but they don't want to keep doing what they've done already. Once you realize you're not completely starting over, I I think that's really, really powerful for, for a lot of people. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because like for me, when, when most agents get into the business, what I tend to hear the most is they're getting in for the freedom and flexibility of the real estate industry. And the industry has done a really fabulous job of like, you know, kind of dangling this out and making this seem as one of those prizes that you get when you start a real estate business. But of course, you and I know that there's so much more work that goes into achieving that. Hey, it's Stephanie. Quick check-in. Does all this get you inspired to become the best version of yourself and grow an incredible business? Well, if so, I want to invite you to a live training that I am hosting on November 10th of 2021. It's open to all real estate agents. And in this training, I'm going to be sharing the three systems that you need to triple your business in 2022. I want next year to be your best year yet. So I'm giving you some of my best strategies for free live during this training. Registration is totally free. Like I said, the link is in the caption of this episode. Grab your seat now because space is limited and I look forward to hanging out with you on November 10th. Now back to the show. A lot of times it really does come down to giving yourself options. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that because like, can, can any one person say for sure that they want to do the same thing they're doing today, 10 years from now? And the overwhelming likelihood is no, they're going to want to pursue other interests they are going to want to change. But that brand is what gives you that jumping off point. So I'm really glad that you kind of mentioned it from that way. But at the end of the day, it still has to, you still have to commit to that lifestyle of embracing social media of embracing that brand building day in and day out. So like from, if we can get really tactical where are we starting on that journey? And then what are the day-to-day things that we have to be doing as business owners to continue on it? Because it's not something that just ends, like it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, it's really appreciating these technological advances as just new tools to use as you can. And the more you understand the tools, the better you are using them. And the people who make the most money are the ones who are experts at a couple tools. They aren't the, the general contractors or the handyman that can do a little bit of everything. And the same thing with, with real estate is if you're trying to use social media as a tool, the more you understand how to really use every aspect of one tool is better than being kind of good on all of them. And Social media, more than anything else for realtors, is is the greatest communication tool ever. Too many people treat them as billboards instead of Mm -hmm. like open houses or conversations or parties. And it's really more of a community um, engagement platform with two-way communication where you can bring up subjects, have people talk and jump in and out and really engage and build trust and, 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 and build growth and build relationships in a way that you could never do it as, as cheaply before. If this was 25 years ago, if you wanted to reach a thousand people, I mean, you have to host an event. You have to throw a, an annual party. You're, you're spending a lot of money on a gala or, 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 or this type of um, like reach. It's just unattainable. Today, you can do it with, with good content, but having like a video go viral doesn't sell product. It doesn't sell customers. It doesn't, it doesn't land business. Um, having consistent content in a way that builds community with with an actual like goal in mind is is how you can achieve success and actually measure the success and 
I know a lot of people who, who mistake what they, what their goals should be understanding like the key performance indicators, KPI, you hear it like the mumbo jumbo, but if your goal is to double your business by connecting with more people on Instagram and a year goes by and your business has doubled, that's a win. Too many people move the goalposts and say, okay, well, my business doubled, but my competitor has 10,000 followers and I've only got 500. And it's like, well, you've moved the goalpost. That wasn't what you were measuring. What you're doing is working. You just are measuring it differently than you set out to measure. So most of it comes down to is, is just focus and, and cutting out the noise. And the easiest way to do that, I think, is to have the confidence to know that the thing you're doing is the right thing. You just have to stick with it long enough to actually see results. It's really easy to jump from one thing to the next to the next. And a lot of what my book was about was not really talking too much about the individual platforms, but talking about that all platforms are essentially the same. You're either creating something that people can watch, listen to, read, or look at. And if you get really good at, at kind of leaning into something that you are great at, where if you're awesome at conversations, starting a podcast makes a lot of sense where you can create audio content easier than you could drawing a picture, you know? So instead of learning how to draw a picture to help your business, maybe just lean into the thing you're already good at. If you get nervous every time you turn on a camera and the red light goes on and you turn into a puddle of mush and, and hate it and detest it, well then... You don't ever have to be on video. There's other ways that you can grow your business now that didn't exist before, and you can embrace those platforms. So instead of focusing on, should I be on Instagram or TikTok? It's, okay, what type of content is easier for me to create than other people? Already, you're ahead of the game. If it's easier for you to do than someone else, then like, yeah, lean into that. And then, okay, where are the people I'm trying to reach? Where are they spending their time? Okay, you've now done like 90% of the work. If you know how to create content and you know where the people you're trying to reach are, that kind of answers a lot of the questions for you. And instead of saying like, literally while I was writing this book, like Quibi launched and failed. TikTok was on the rise and then Clubhouse launched and has now disappeared. Mm -hmm. So those, those companies existed less time than it took to actually write a book about these types of companies. So if you're jumping on just the companies, like you're setting yourself up for disaster, it's really setting yourself up on the content creation around a certain type of medium. And then you find the platform that it works on. And, and that's kind of an easy way when you've spent two years studying a topic. But for a lot of people, I, I totally understand the overwhelming feeling of I'm 35 years old. I want to quit my job. I want to go all in on this thing I've been doing part time, but this stuff isn't easy for me. I don't understand how to be on TikTok and I don't know how to do dance videos. And I feel like it's all passed me behind. When in reality, a lot of those TikTok stars don't know anything about what it's like to be 35 years old, or they don't know any of the knowledge you have. They don't have the experience in business you have. They don't have the life experience. They're trying to be life coaches based on something they read. And the knowledge that you have is much harder than the knowledge that they've attained around TikTok. And I, I think having the confidence to understand that that's the truth it is such a huge giant step for a lot of people that the rest of it becomes easy. That kind of blew my mind a little bit. That uh -oh. is, that is such a great way to frame like what the value of that situation actually is and allowing ourselves to fail on social media as we're trying it out, as we're trying to get comfortable in this new arena in order to get this more important, like value messaging across, like that actually feels really empowering. Yeah. There's, there's value that comes from being the first person at the party, mm -hmm. but it isn't the end all be all value. 
there's also a lot of value in showing up late to the party. You know, like everyone's already there having a good time. You show up and everyone's excited that you're there and they start catching you up with all the things that you missed. If you're spending all of your time on a certain platform and you join another platform late, it's really easy to walk into it and be like, hey, I'm new here. What do I need to know? And everyone's like, hey, here's what you need to do. And then they catch you up for you. And if you think about it like social media, it's the same way. If you join a platform that a lot of your clients or friends or network is on and you join it late and say, hey, I'm new here. What do I need to know? People will bend over backwards to try to help you. And a lot of times it's just the fear of asking for help prevents so much help from happening because people really, really do want to help, especially publicly. Like, I'll be honest, mm-hmm. like people would rather help publicly so everyone sees it than privately. So you don't have to be perfect to be on these platforms to get the value out of those platforms. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and I think all of this work is really to drive results, which in our business is conversions, right? So specifically, how is the niche allowing us to convert at a higher rate, regardless of what platform we're on? Yeah, absolutely. And it's if you're doing too many things at once, it's hard to measure what's working and what's not working. So then you just maintain that and you start to conflate productivity with being busy. And a lot of times being busy isn't productive. And the the procrastination is kind of another version of fear where if I can keep doing this, I, I know I can at least justify to myself that I was busy all day because I'm too afraid to kind of put myself out there on this other thing. And that's, that's can kind of stagnate a lot of businesses to where if you're in real estate and you've got 20 years experience and you've got your same repeat business and everything you've been doing, you've been doing the same way and it's working, it takes kind of a crisis like this to all of a sudden realize that a lot of those things aren't working anymore and, and everything's sped up really fast. Like technology hasn't really changed too much. It's just ev- all these changes happened a lot faster all of a sudden. Everyone pivoted to video quicker. We were always going to pivot to video. Zoom just became a household name because everyone had to need it. Like everyone had to use it overnight. Um, so a lot of these things, it, it's just like understanding a lot of those core basics will help you. A lot of the new job skills today is understanding how to set up your lighting in your office. So your zoom calls are a little bit better. You know, like that's a, that's a new job skill that didn't exist before. If you're afraid of it or overwhelmed by it, you're putting yourself in a bad position. If you're embracing it, but not using it as an excuse not to learn the things that matter, then, then those are, those are completely different. Um, and I think that the real value is you're just kind of understanding the purpose of what you're doing, you know, and, and being really honest and, and truthful with it. Are you creating content because you want to engage with current clients, new clients, potential clients, or are you just creating a trophy for yourself to show off and brag to people in your network? And understanding that people don't really care about your trophies, even if you do, and you create those videos and it doesn't do what you want to do. So now you're boosting it to get a little bit more views and then it just doesn't work. And now you say, well, social media doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you, you, you didn't really do social media the social way. You kind of did it the, the solo way. I love that. So going into 2022 and beyond, like truthfully, what do you think is the cost of real estate agents, but professionals everywhere who just decide not to embrace this? Well, I mean, it's, it's like, it's embrace what, you know, like what is social media is YouTube, social media is video content, social media is TikTok, social media. Like, like we, these things are changing and evolving so fast that the definitions don't even kind of keep up with them. Mm -hmm. If you're not embracing technological changes, the market will eventually kind of pass you by as people age up 
and stop buying houses, if your clients are the ones that are buying houses, those are usually going to be the younger generation and they're going to shop a certain way and things pivot all the time. It's like understanding what the market is doing and what the clients are doing and where cultures are shifting. Like the pendulum always swings one side and then the other side. We don't want to do things the way our parents did and our kids aren't going to want to do things the way we did. We grew up watching our kids smoke cigarettes or watching our parents smoke cigarettes. So we grew up saying cigarettes are bad. We never want to do that because we saw what cancer does. Our kids are growing up watching us glued to our screens and, and going into therapy and being depressed all the time. They might grow up without tech, like saying we were anti-technology or technology might be more, um, more wearable technology. Like it could go in any type of direction. It's impossible to predict because of how much the next generation really tries to do things differently than the previous generation. Being aware of that and, and listening and, and being in these spaces and not having any judgment one way or another, if you're in business, you just, you have to do what's in best, like certain in your best interest to kind of stay in business and, and grow the business. And in a business like real estate, like it's facing a ton of changes. Mm -hmm. um, how easy is I buying going to be? How easy is are a lot of these things going to be? Can you buy things from a phone? Are people willing to buy a brand new property by picking out stuff on, on their phone? There's probably going to be less realtors in the future. The best realtors can continue to grow and dominate. Um, my family, for example, like we use a travel agent. It's the best thing in the world. Most people don't realize that you can still use travel agents. Most people don't realize that travel agents are basically free because they're paid for by the hotels and the airlines. Same thing with real estate. Most people think that if you're using a buyer's agent, you're, you're paying them or it costs you money. Um, a lot of these things are always going to be in use. They just might not be as, as plentiful as they were before. And I think real estate, because there's so the margins are so great and there's a low barrier of entry to, to get into the business, getting a real estate license, it's always going to be competitive. When the market goes nuts, everyone's going to get their license or they're going to um, sell their own personal properties. There's always going to be that competition. So if you are in this business and you're trying to stand out, it, it does take that dedication and the focus to really find out what's your niche business, what's your area of focus and owning that category in people's minds long-term and just treating social media like a tool to help you achieve that better. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's an inconvenient truth for those who just wanted to sell houses. And, you know, there's a lot more that goes into it now in 2021 and beyond, but um, I, I couldn't agree more. So for those who want to explore your book, see what more you have to offer, where they, where can they find you? Uh, niche please on Amazon is the best place to get it because it's always available. I don't know about the other stores with, with COVID and everything. Uh, my website, skylarurbine.com is a great place to connect with me because all my, my socials and stuff is there. Um, and yeah, I love keeping this conversation going. I love, I love working with realtors specifically or just having these conversations because like I have so many firsthand proof of concepts with real estate, like no other business. Um, it, it's a really fun category for me because it's such a unique business. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And it's a lot of fun. And I think that's part of what's so addicting about it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, yeah. I'll, I will have all the details um, that you just mentioned in the show notes. And Skylar, I want to thank you. Um, first, I want to acknowledge you for being um, so generous with your experience and always giving back to the industry um, and willing to test it firsthand and then share with us what you learned. Um, and, and I'm really glad that you were able to join us today. So thanks so much for hanging out. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Very kind of you to say. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. 
If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to the marketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.